Welcome back to the regular degular podcast. (laughs) Thank y'all all for joining us. Yes. Welcome to the new episode. Uh, As always, I am Maya. And I'm Vi. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You don't know who you are today? Girl, I'm tired. I this is I want to take a nap right now. I know. I I need to take a nap. <laughs> but I am Val, Valerie. Y'all know me. That girl right there. Right Look. there. Because like we do it right there. Okay, let me stop. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Regular Degular Podcast, where we are two thank you. tired this as is- hell, but extraordinary black Oof. girls. Trying to live our regular, regular lives in this trash ass world. So thank y'all. I like thank you. Thank horns. you for coming back. This is this is what I'm gonna say. This is what we call consistent because <laughs> two two weeks, <laughs> two episodes in a row. We are Ooh. actually trying. Sure. <laughs> High five. High five. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> We're trying, y'all. This week has been trying. I was just telling Valerie, this week has really tried to kick my ass. But, you know, I'm here. No, what's you know, going on? How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. Just work is a lot, you know. I think work-life balance has kind of tipped into lots of work. And then, you know, a couple of hours of sleep and right back to work again. So that has been a little tiring for me. But otherwise, I'm, I'm here. I'm blessed. I'm good. I'm breathing, breathing hard sometimes, but breathing on the left. <laughs> no coronavirus, though. So, you know. Amen. 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 <laughs> How are you? What's going on with you? I am trying to see what, what from an emotional scale, where am I? I'm tired, not because of like anything that I should be tired of. I just need a nap. That's it. You know. Girl. You know these Arizona streets. A nap will do you good. Especially as hot as it is in Arizona. Oof. These Arizona streets, man. It don't make no sense. I know. It don't make no sense. There's a video floating out of a... Somebody was pointing out, this is how hot it is in London. And they have a video of them, like, holding an ice cream cone or ice Uh cream and so it's melting and they're doing a time lapse of it so it took them 20 minutes to like have the ice cream like kind of melt like melt Mm -hmm. to a point where it it was kind of gross and squishy and everybody on the comment was like please come to our side of the world where it was taking 20 (laughs) seconds for that motherfucker to be i was was like 20 minutes 20 minutes is nothing here in arizona london people if you're listening please come to memphis because if you're complaining about the heat over there what is it 78 or sorry y'all on celsius so i don't know what celsius is (laughs) because i did not pass that shit (laughs) when i took science but (laughs) come to memphis where it's fahrenheit over here or go to arizona where it's fahrenheit for real for real over there where we argue, do they got humidity? Is it humidity heat? <laughs> is it wet heat? Or is it I heat heat? Yeah, is, is it, is is it, it dry heat? heat? Is it dry do you sweat? heat? <laughs> What's going on? Because if it's not, if it's dry heat, it's not that bad. It is that bad. It's heat, regardless. Girl, look, look, I, look, in Arizona, you if you don't eat your ice cream within a minute of you stepping out the ice cream shop, it's no. done. That's it. No, it's yep, over. It's, it's over. Okay. It's over. That's it. Okay. No, it doesn't. That's it. 
Not no 20 minutes. Not no <laughs> 20, 20 minutes, baby. Mm-mm. That ice cream Mm-mm. would be, I don't know, cheese by the time it made it to the bottom of your hand. Yeah. That was just, yeah. <laughs> now you're making me crave ice cream right now. Damn. Oh, I want some <laughs> pistachio ice cream. Okay, this is not a food podcast. Because <laughs> y'all, we could, we, I mean, girl. If you, you would like to sponsor us and you would like to send me and Val food, I want you to know that I am fat and Val is fat spirited. So we are very in tune with eating your food for free or, you know, whatever. Mm. We can work out the kinks on the back end. <laughs> right, look, we can do some ASMR. Hello. <laughs> Be like that, uh, the lady who eats Popeyes and pickles all the time. Wait, what? Yes, it's a lady making bank who eats Popeyes and pickles. Damn, that's it. That's okay, so like does. this is like this is a sidetrack, but this I ain't is- gonna lie. Like the, what these people have done with a way to like create mm-hmm. revenue from themselves is it's wild. It's it's I'm I like I sit here like how could I not have thought of this? I eat for free now. No, no, no. Let me correct you because you said free. You pay to eat. They get oh, paid right. to yeah, do it. Sorry. Okay. I just want you to know that. Yeah. I just want yeah. that to be. You. I pay other places to give me food. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You drive up to a Popeyes and say, "I would like a two piece and a biscuit and some <laughs> extra fries or some dirty rice, and here's my six ninety five. They get sponsored by Popeyes, show the box, and make a million dollars. I just, you know. That sounds like a life, you know? Whatever. It's okay. I mean, the health concerns are there. But, but, you know, but Popeyes you know, can pay for that that uh that, that Popeyes uh, tummy tuck. That's it. Look. You sponsor this tummy tuck. <laughs> anyway. Okay, but you asked me how I feel. And I don't I don't know if hunger is a feeling, but I it am is a hungry. Feeling. So that's where I am. But overall, my week was good. I'm transitioning good. into a new role, so I haven't really done nothing. Yes, for new roles. New responsibilities. Hey, growth. Growth and development. Growth and development. That's what we love in corporate America. We love to say it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to episode nine, I believe. I'm actually trying to keep track of it episode nine where we discussed colorism and just how it impacted the both of us so please if you are listening for the first time go back listen to that join the conversation we love to backtrack and just like catch up with people and also if you're interested in adding more to the things that we're talking about please reach out to us on our social media that includes uh twitter we have reg underscore dig pod that's our twitter our Instagram is regular regular podcast, and then our email is regular regular pod at gmail.com. So join those, and then always you can listen to us wherever you tend to listen to your podcast. So that includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Anchor. So please reach out to us. We love to have conversations. You see, we're two kind of fun people, and you know, just enjoy hearing from people. So I just, I'm ready for a vacation. I just know it. That's where I am. My brain. Girl. <laughs> I'm if ready. Only. If, if only. only. I got a couple of things planned, but they're not real vacations just because wherever you go, you got to literally quarantine yourself for like 30 days and 30 nights. So that's I really tough. Like I'm planning birthday stuff and and everybody's just like, 
Why we got to go there? What we going to do there? I'm like, it doesn't matter because you're going to be stuck in the house. It doesn't anyway. matter where we go. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're going to be inside. We, <laughs> we go to the middle of Mississippi to the funnest part of California all the way to freaking, I don't know, Florida. We never going to Florida ever, ever. <laughs> but we can go anywhere and we're going to be in the house. <laughs> you got to bring your Look. phone with you. Hey, look, get your board games, get your drinking yes. games, get the oh, double yes. dutch rope. Like, double dutch? Who the fuck's doing double dutch in the house? See, that's how you break things. I mean, no, how, no, no, no. That's how I mean, you end up if you, paying a security deposit, Valerie. No, no, girl, you do it in the backyard. Oh, I forget that people have those things. Yeah, <laughs> people have yards. <laughs> I mean, I have a yard. <laughs> But I'd be forgetting other people have your hearts. <laughs> yeah. Not, she said inside the house. Not inside the house. I'm the backyard. <laughs> oh, my God. I shake my head at you. Please do. I, I expect it. I at, least, at least once a day, somebody should go, wow, they really let you do things at work. I'm like, yeah, they do. <laughs> they give me access to things. And I do. She know. gets a salary. I get a yeah. salary. People pay you me. You get a salary. <laughs> You know, I'm important to somebody. <laughs> Look, show up and show out. <laughs> okay, so one of the things that we wanted to do is really highlight some cool, great things that Black people are doing in our community, businesses that we would love to see just, you know, grow and thrive, just anything that we're just really excited to hear about. So we have what we're calling the Black Spotlight. So, you know, we're going to highlight some awesome places that we're hearing about or have tried out or just like some awesome black people who have done so much for the community. So um, first, I do want to highlight uh, rest in peace to John Lewis and just, you know, somebody who's done such amazing work as far as civil rights for everybody here in this country has changed the tempo of just how we work and been such a great role model for what it means to really go out and be an activist in this community, you know, working alongside Martin Luther King. And it's sad to see somebody who has done so much, even at a young age of 25, when he was first stepping out there, actually 17, when he was first stepping out there. So I know he's resting with the most highest of angels, Mm, you know, and he deserves all the accolades, all the positive thoughts. And I know he has inspired our generation and I hope he continues to inspire future generations for the awesome, great things that he has done and just starting good trouble, as he always likes to say. So rest in peace to John Lewis. Please show utmost respect on like, you know, certain people in our government who choose not to. But, just you know, it was really sad. I watched the procession. Uh, I think the yeah yeah and and it just I started crying because I was just so emotional about just like the legacy that he was so rest in peace to him not to make it sad but just I really had to highlight that. oh no no that's a great highlight yeah what about you do you have a black business or just somebody that you just want to spotlight I, I do I do have a black business so one of my good good friends. She actually just started her own business. So, well, one, she already has a business. So she is a photographer out there in Houston, Texas. So if y'all are looking for any photography needs in Houston, Texas, 
Her name is Tiffany King, and I believe her Instagram handle is Tiffany Couture. But in addition to her photography business, she also just recently launched one of her passion projects, and she's super big into beauty. So she actually just launched a beauty line, and her first drop of products were lashes, and I bought me some. I believe the Instagram handle for the beauty side is uh, Laprie Beauty, if you look for that on Instagram. So super, super proud of her, super proud of some of like, you know, not even her, but some of my other friends that are, you know, just like branching out and using this time of isolation to kind of just like punch out some of their passion Mm -hmm. projects and things that they've always wanted to do. It's honestly beautiful to see and to watch. So if you guys, one, need any photography needs, hit up Tiffany King. That's her full name on Instagram. And then you can probably get directed to her photography page of Tiffany Couture. And then if you're looking for any new lashes that y'all want to try out for a good, good, cheap price, <laughs> just look up LaPree, Pre as in P-R-I-S-E. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but look that up on Instagram and you can see some of the beautiful lashes that she has on there. So that's yes. my spotlight. Yes, we love, a, you know, an entrepreneurial spirit around here. We love it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, two snaps for that, sis. <laughs> And if I could put on lashes myself, girl, I would be all up in there. I just, I need somebody <laughs> to guide me, okay? I need the Lord's hands and the institution. Not the hands. Lord's hands. The Lord's hands, okay? Oh. Because I will blind myself. I am blind already. <laughs> I have two that I want to point out. One is going to be a business, a local Memphis business. Uh, so, okay. I will openly admit something. Before I start, I am not a big beer drinker. It kind of tastes like bread water to me. I everybody who loves beer <laughs> tells me beers are delicious. But though I am not a beer drinker, I am all about supporting brand new endeavors where I see Black people breaking into a industry that is not heavy in representation of Black folks. So one of them that I really wanted to point out was Bill Street Brewery. So it's a new memphis Mm. brewery that's opening up here or it's not a physical space yet because they're still trying to find a space where they could do that but they are a company who is producing beers and it's a black-owned business so i've been hearing great things about them they've been endorsed i think they're also owned by eight ball and mjg m (laughs) um uh not mjg lord look let me get myself together yeah i am right i'm sorry I'm a hip hop head. I know. MJG. (laughs) So they are producing beers. They have a new one out that's called Space Age Sipping. It's actually been signed by uh, A-Ball and MJG. So I've been seeing that float around and they've gotten a lot of recognition by local spaces, uh, local eateries here. And I think they were in Edible Memphis. So I'm really excited about that because though I don't like beer, I like beer culture. I like going to breweries. I like sitting there and watching people do, uh, what is it where you throw the bags of sand into cornhole? I like sitting there watching cornhole and just like things there. But whenever I go to those spaces, it's very, very white space. I've never felt uncomfortable with the fact that like, I may be one of the only black people, what I am sometimes, but I always want to see more black people in those spaces. And I'm starting to hear more and more people talk about wanting to see black owned breweries and Memphis has one. And I'm so excited to see that in our culture and for it to be named after Bill Street. That's just awesome. So I'm really excited about that. 
if you are local in the Memphis area, I'm sure that there's opportunity to go and grab one and sip somewhere, either probably outside at one of the local eateries that are selling it or at your house where you can enjoy it. I hope it's delicious. I cannot be the best judge of it, but I'm really excited to see it. So please support. I actually plan on buying it and giving it to somebody who may like it. So super excited about that. And another one is just a personal, because I'm really excited to talk about. I love music. And so I wanted to point out uh, Leanne LaJaves. I hope I'm saying her name right. New album that dropped, which is so amazing. It's so good. Hmm. And I just want people to go and listen to it. Uh, <laughs> let me make sure. I just love her. I love her. I love her album. It was so good. It's just, I think it's self-titled. Yep. It's self-titled Leanne La Javis. And it has like some amazing songs. Bittersweet and... Please Don't Make Me Cry are my favorites. I don't want to play it here because I'm scared that somebody will sue me. But please, please go listen to it. I just think that she has an awesome voice and I'm excited to hear, you know, her music being played around. So those are my two things I want to highlight this week. I'm super, I hope people go to one of these businesses or artists and buy up or listen to or enjoy their Mm -hmm. production and it just, Fills your space and makes you happy. So, yay! (laughs) All right, now let's take a quick break and then we will be right back. All right, welcome back, y'all. So we are going to get into our topic today. So our how did we get here? A topic of conversation today. We're going to focus on dating, but I think we're going to take a very unique perspective to dating and just, you know, we're going to talk about like, like our dating history and, and all the, some of the stuff that we've went through. And if we have any uh, stories that we want to tell and share, uh, we would definitely do so. But I did want to start off the how did we get here conversation, Maya, by asking you a question of how do you think dating has transformed from like, let's say like from like when your mom was dating to her oh, settling God. down to like us now and in our current age and time frame? Ooh, okay. So how it's transformed. I think it's interesting. Well, technology has changed how we connect mm-hmm. with people completely because I really like my mom dated a lot when she was younger she like went out partied met lots of people did a lot of stuff and so she wasn't like behind a computer meeting folks she was in spaces and met people and they courted one another or however that worked and (laughs) and really like got to know each other and worked from there like I think there's a lot of more emphasis back then on like being in some spaces and knowing people and connecting with people in reality of the situation compared to like now I I'm trying to think so majority of the people that I have dated not majority I would say half and half and I have not I don't have an extensive dating history but half and half of the people I've dated have been through like social media or some type of app uh, that I've used to connect with somebody and that is a big change in just how people meet 
But then I also think like the emphasis or just how dating went about has changed completely to just, you know, again, that courting, that kind of people dated to date and where I think more and more mm-hmm. people now feel like they have to date for finalization. I don't know if that makes sense, but mm. like you're dating to find a soulmate or find this perfect person or find, you know, that person that you were about to br- make bread with or whatever you're calling it versus just like, I'm dating this person and I may be dating this other person and, you know, and enjoying their company and figuring out what I like. I feel like that's the emphasis on the differences, but, you know, I'm sure I'm looking at it with rose-colored glasses, too, because I'm sure it was not easy dating back then. (laughs) What about you? So, like, so I always find that question interesting because I read that I can't, for some reason, I can't remember the name right now, but there was a book that NC's and Zari wrote about kind of like Mm -hmm. the evolution of, like, dating and I think it's a really great read if you all have time, although we may have issues with NZs. But it is a great book mm-hmm. because it kind of just goes through the history of like back in the day. And like our parents aren't old, but I'm going to just say back in the day. But back back in the day, back in the day, you know, you dated who was kind of like in close proximity to yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you weren't able to maybe travel as often as you, like, we are able to now or meet people in the different fashions and avenues that we're able to now. So the people Mm -hmm. that were either, like, down the street from you, your neighbors or or family friends or whatever like that, these are people that you knew and you interacted with. So these are people from a close proximity standpoint that you ended up dating or courting or, you know, Mm -hmm. just exploring that kind of relationship with. And then when we look at, like, our current generation – I do feel like it has evolved a little bit because we don't have that much face-to-face time like they may have had in the past because it is, you know, technology has definitely evolved. So we have all the dating apps and we have FaceTime and all that good stuff. And like, you're not now limited to like your own state. You can date somebody in Idaho. Oh my God. And you, you can date somewhere across, across the Girl, ocean. 90 Day Fiance. And it be... Like, and it be- I mean, whole series, and they find multiple people. How many seasons are they in? Like 50? They got sideways 95 fiance, the other (laughs) way, in space. Like, goddamn, (laughs) all of y'all getting calm like that? That's ridiculous. Not even that, but, uh, well, I mean, I don't know if if our parents were able to do this back in the day, but we're going to just throw up a reality show. But even Love After Lockup, I said, well, I mean, I guess inmates should have love, too. Now, I will say something about that. Long distance relationships obviously existed back then because I am a product of that. My father, wherever he is, he was in Army, Navy, something. He was in the services. So he and Mm -hmm. my mom were long distance for a good majority of their relationship from my understanding. Now, I I don't ask too many questions sometimes. So (laughs) I... (laughs) But it makes me, uh, I think about the challenges that they face or things that I would mm-hmm. consider a challenge just because like we can FaceTime each other. We can Google duo each other. You know, I can hop on a webcam and see you. They have all types of devices. Like they have like a, a lamp that I can touch it. And then if you're sitting next to me, you can see me like it glows huh. on your side and it shows like 
you know, I'm thinking of you or stuff like that. They even got like nasty things huh. that you could do where, you know, right. we see each other, we right. feel each other, right? Like <laughs> things that we have allowed technology to kind of close the gap between people when it comes to long distance relationships. So it's so interesting to think about back not it feels like when we say back in the day that feels like such a long time and in reality it's I not know. but you it's know not. when you didn't have i can't imagine not having facetime i can't imagine not you know i have to sit by the phone and wait for your call and you know <sighs> because i get unpa- I impatient when y'all niggas don't text me back in two seconds like i'd be like ready to throw my phone everybody <laughs> So <laughs> I'm deleting his number right now. It's been five minutes. He hates me. I'm ignoring him. Goodbye. <laughs> like, you know. And imagine so, just having a landline. And you can't even go nowhere with your landline. No. You got to sit go in the house. If you, you miss that call, in- you miss that call. You miss that call. You Hell, caller ID <laughs> wasn't prevalent that much. I mean, just like I'm thinking about those things. You got to sit there and wait. And no, then yeah. your mama calling and you tell your mama, I got to hang up because I can't dial over it. Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. No, <laughs> baby. I could not do it. I couldn't. I'm barely equipped for dating today. <laughs> barely. Okay. Well, no, that, that I, I was going to say, because that actually leads to another question that I had is mm-hmm. what has your dating experience been? So like, let's do from like, Let's consider like high school uh-huh. to like current state now. Oh, what has that been like? So I started dating in high school because, you know, that's just how my life rolled. Again, late bloomer in lots of aspects of my life. One of my questions was if you could describe your dating life in like one word, what it would be. So I think it ties really close to what you're asking. And I, I sometimes... I would say interesting, and then I would also say hard. Those are two words that I think dating has been for me. Hmm. My first boyfriend, I think he was a great guy, and I loved him a lot for that level of love when you're in high school and you're just starting dating. But it was just a lot of like complications that made that relationship difficult. And I wasn't prepared for that. And then a lot of my subsequent late relationships were similar where I think I was learning a lot of lessons as I was going through them. Like figuring out things about myself that I didn't realize or that I I had never thought about from a different perspective until I was forced to learn them through lessons and not through knowledge, if that makes sense, you know? Mm. So like it's always been... My, I am very single and part of that has been because a lot of the relationships that I've been in have definitely been those like lessons and they've all been blessings to me because I've learned a lesson that I needed to learn in order to be a better person or at least be a a better version of Maya once I ended those relationships. I'll say that. But I've gotten better at relationships as I've done them more. But again, my dating, it's not very a, a long history. It's a deep history, but not like a long history. I've only dated people that I would name publicly for, you know? That. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, we all, we all have them. You know, we all have them. Y'all worried we about body them. counts, and I really am trying to worry about, like, do I claim you? If you yelled out, 
we dated. Would I say, yeah, we did? Or would I? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody please call the police. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm worried. I don't know this man. Who are you? Oh, sir. <laughs> you have me confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> What about you? How would you describe your dating life? Like, if you had one word that you could give. If you say heart, then I got to take Sam and me and Sam got to have a separate conversation where you're not in the chat. No, well, no, I I wouldn't. (laughs) Okay, so like if y'all, if some of y'all don't know, my dating life has now stopped (laughs) because because I got engaged earlier in the year. So I'm not going to consider him. So I'm going to do everything before him. But how would I consider that? Ah, I don't. That's a good question. I feel like hard is like a universal. I feel like, you know, we would all say that because at some point the relationship either led to like heartbreak or something like that because I didn't end up with that person. But to be honest, I would say I would say fun for Mm -hmm. a very specific time frame of my life. So it was fun for me in high school because like high school was. Oh, child. I remember high school. (laughs) I remember a girl had fun. I had my fun. <laughs> I was play, like, play mm, Himalayas. I like you. <laughs> look, that was a very, you got, you got. That look. was a very. Do it. We had rotations. Do it if you want. <laughs> oh, look, I, I could not. I was like, if you're too clingy, I don't want to do this. I find somebody else. It was oh a whole thing. God. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. I have definitely learned. I have grown up from that mindset. Mm-hmm. But for me, high school was fun because I really explored dating. I explored the aspect of not being committed or just like focused on one individual and honestly learning how to pick up when something didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say it wasn't good for me because I didn't really sit down to like learn the lesson of like maybe Mm -hmm. why this relationship didn't work or like what are some of the things that I can take out of it. Because once one ended, I was in another one. So so it was like really back to back to back. So because of that, there wasn't a break to really say, you know, what about you is like affecting this relationship? Or like, what did you do wrong here? Or how did some like your behaviors and, you know, feelings, you know, go into this? Because I'm an Aquarius. So feelings to me are like. What is what this? Are it's very foreign. Is, <laughs> I'm like, could I return who, what, it? Where, when, how? Mm. Mm. Do I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be with it. I don't. I don't want to see it. I don't, I don't. I don't. Oh, you want to like? Let me check my me credit why? card because I, I didn't pay for these. <laughs> oh my god! I don't. What? Let me dispute oh. this charge. <laughs> but that was literally high school for me, and yeah. I think my experience definitely is slowed down in college. So college slowed down because like grades. Yeah. And yeah, it's a whole different lifestyle. <laughs> but college slowed me down. So my relationships in college were not as much as in high school. Yeah. But my relationships in college really taught me about myself. So like I had dated somebody freshman year. I dated somebody sophomore year. I dated somebody junior year, did not date anybody senior year, senior year. I was, I was pretty straight. But each of those relationships that I had for those time periods really taught me something about myself and about, Mm -hmm. you know, how I should approach relationships. And Mm -hmm. I think that has definitely worked for me in my current relationships because I've learned certain different avenues of certain different things. That's like why those relationships didn't work. So I would say like fun for high school, but then like hard for college because like I really had to like sit down and learn some shit. 
I think it's interesting because I think we are in opposite spaces that we like our dating styles or our dating life is opposite now or it has always been kind of reversed whereas in high school you were dating a lot I was like okay he's the one we're gonna figure it out you, we're gonna were, get married I'm gonna be the rider I committed. was committed okay <laughs> I was like one crackerjack ring away from being a missus okay <laughs> and that lit up because like again my dating history is not like long it's not a long list of guys but I date people for like long term time yeah or I have you did in the past so like my high school relationship was four years so we it was yeah yeah <laughs> that, that was like high school sweetheart high, yeah. high school sweetheart and so we dated two years junior senior year and then two years freshman and sophomore year of college and so mm-hmm. that was like very heavy and it was a lot and then similar my subsequent relationships though some of them overlap um, <laughs> <laughs> they were like very committal relationships and then my last relationship that I was in it was the shortest relationship that I was in and that was like a year's time frame but for me, I remember we went on like one or two dates and then I was just like, so do we go together or not? Like, are we girlfriend, boyfriend or like, do we stop here? And so now I'm in a position where I have really am evaluating why I've dated like that. And, mm. you know, cueing the psychologist, you know, <laughs> the therapy session, like lots of like daddy issues and all types of Maya's self-awareness and self-worth sort of things and so now I'm in a position where I'm trying to do better at asking myself like am I do I really want somebody to be here long term or am I looking for an opportunity to just enjoy and explore myself because like one of the things we had mentioned on the New Year's Eve or the New Year's podcast the the Mm -hmm. New Year New Us thing was I was like I really want to fall in love I want to know I lied to y'all it was all a lie like cue Carly Red. (laughs) Me, I, it was all a lie. The lie detector detested it was all a lie. I do not. <laughs> I, I wait, wanted... wait, 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 wait. Before you continue, what changed though? Like, because it was the truth it was, when you said it, it was then. The, it was. Right. You're right. So what has changed? I think I'm still figuring out what love is defined as for me. And I am inspired by the love that I see, but I also... And realizing that sometimes I think that I need to emulate exactly the love that I see versus figuring out what works best for me. So, like, I see, like, you and Booski and y'all in love and you buying this nigga pants and whatnot. And that shit, like, inspires me. I'm like, God damn, I want to buy a nigga a pair of pants. <laughs> I want to worry about <laughs> like that. But then I realized, like, like, those are great things to realize, like, the expression of love that I like to see, mm-hmm. but like preparing myself to get to that point, I have work to do there. I think that's what it is. Cause you guys work towards that, right? You yeah. made it to a place where, you know, you worried about this nigga and his pants, but, <laughs> but like, you know, again, like 
I know who you were in high school and who you've grown up to be. And I know the level of work that you've done on yourself and as well as within your relationship to get to a place like that. And that takes a lot, a lot of work and patience and figuring out who Val is. And I think I am at a point where for a really long time, I thought my relationships were very centered around who my partner was. Right. Mm. And, you know, to bring in my Jada thing, I need to work on me and I needed to not be entangled by the people that I am uh, connected with. Like, I think I've said it before, but a lot of times I've always become somebody's girlfriend and not Maya, who is somebody's girlfriend. Like, yeah. And that's been something I've wanted to work on. And so, like, again, I want to be in love. I'm not saying that that's not something I don't want, but I recognize there's so much to get to that place and be able to love freely and not be worried about what that looks like that I would rather, you know, work on myself and work on my self-love than figure out a nigga that I feel like buying pants for. So... So, okay, I have two questions for you. And listeners, I hope we're not jumping around, but now I'm like invested. But but I have two questions. One, because like you talk Mm -hmm. about earlier in the year, you did want to find out love. And then now you're kind of like, yeah, you're teetering on that line. So my first question Mm -hmm. is, what did love mean to you? And what, Mm -hmm. as you are going through this transformation, do you think it's going to be defined as in this new version of Maya. So, so that's one. Mm-hmm. And then the second question is, ah, oh, fuck. I think I forgot. <laughs> okay, I can answer. Yeah, let's go with that one. I forgot the, the first second question. One. So like for me, love for me, again, was very centric around uh, giving up myself, like being selfless mm. for a really long time. And like I actually... One of the most tumultuous relationships that I had, which was also one of the relationships that like taught me the absolute most about like who I am and why I do some of the things that I do. We were talking, we were having a conversation and I was doing something and I was again like downplaying like my feelings and like being willing to like go the extra mile, which for a really long time, I thought that was like, that's what you do in relationships. You were selfless. You give up parts of yourself in order to help somebody else. That's that's just like, that's what you do. And so like one day he was talking to me and he was just like, why do you do that? Like, why do you downplay your feelings? I was like, I think it's just like the godly thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Like my feelings aren't always, shouldn't always come first. And that sounds crazy to me today in my big age, but like that made a lot of sense to me. And so he was just like, that just seems very unfair that you think that way. Mind you, this nigga loved it because he was getting whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it it was a problem to him to when it made him feel uncomfortable. Like it made him like, like, you know, he recognized how hard that was for me. But, you know, he wasn't going to stop it. He wasn't going to be like, let's stop. Let's evaluate. Let's work on inner self love. It wasn't that, but he definitely was just very like that. That just seems unfair. Like you shouldn't feel like you have to give up like your feelings or your voice in this situation just because, you know, 
you don't deserve it. And I was just like, well, I just think that that's the right thing to do. And they took me a really long time to be able to go back to that in my memories and then say like, oh, like this was a lesson I was supposed to learn from this relationship. And I didn't get it when I first said those words out loud. So that was really hard. And like, I remember remembering it and like breaking it out into tears. Like to be able to be at a place where I can talk about this, like growth, like Kelly, like growth, because it really (laughs) was something that, that showed up a lot in my relationships. And now I'm getting to a place. I think my last relationship was my best relationship. And I hate that I have to like, lump him in with like the rest of the hard things when I describe my overall relationship but it was my best relationship because like he very much was nurturing to the fact that I was still healing from like some of the things the lessons I was learning and so I got an opportunity to express myself in a way that I never thought that I could with somebody who romantically loved me and he honored it a lot and that really helped me grow and help me heal some of the things that I get to now be able to speak into my existence or not settle on. And so like that relationship ended because I realized like, again, he was a blessing within a lesson of saying like, here's an opportunity for you to say, this is not necessary for me to be okay. Like for me as Maya to be like, a good whole person and it's time for me to be a whole person and bring a whole self to a relationship versus trying to have a partner who can fill in the pieces of me I know that's a lot of words but no that makes sense that's just like now I've gotten to that place and again I'm so uh awestruck by some of the love that I'm seeing and I'm seeing transformation all around me in terms of love and just how people love each other And it amazes me, but I also, I'm fortunate enough to a lot of the love that I'm seeing transform is also things that I've seen the work that has been done and the struggle that has gone into it and the decisions that have gone into it. And I'm now able to say like, am I willing to do all of that? Am I in a place that I'm capable to do all of that? I've seen people who've gone through hell and high water and they love each other so much today. I've also seen people who have said, I'm not dealing with this and you need to fix yourself and call me when you're ready and also love each other to this day or have walked away from somebody and be able to find somebody who fits their love. And so like, I'm realizing like, I don't have to settle. I don't have to like, I can be fulfilling on my own and then Mm. find somebody who It's also fulfilling on their own. And then we just come together and we're just two dynamic ass people who are out here like raising hell on our own and together. And so those are the things that I'm realizing. And I know it's going to take a lot more work and a lot more self-healing that I need to to do. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So now my second question, because I remembered, is do you have a cloth on yourself? So as you're working through this transformation of yours, is there a limit that you're saying by the age of X, Y, and Z, I should have this? Or do you think that you would be comfortable even later on in life if you still have not gotten that at that time? So I'm a Cancer Sun, Taurus, Moon, Aquarius rising. 
So that's why sometimes I come off like I don't have feelings because of that Aquarius right there. <laughs> it's just a buffer because I'm, I'm well into my feelings, right? So love is a very central theme for moi here. I love love. I think it's cute. I think it's awesome. Sometimes I'll tell niggas it's gross, but it's just because my heart is like, oh, we can't, This we don't have the capacity, okay, bitch? <laughs> we, we have a report due Monday. Like, let's focus. <laughs> so I'll say it like this. I think I would be very uncomfortable if I don't find love, like, in quote unquote, young age, right? I think it's going to be uncomfortable. But I also recognize, like, it's okay to sometimes be uncomfortable mm. if it it's what's needed for a healthy version of you, right? Like a lot of the conversations that we have or that we need to have are uncomfortable, right? Of where you're saying like, this is something that bothers me and why is it? I'm not sitting here saying that I want to be like shaking in my boots about finding romance or all that kind of stuff. But I also want to be able to say, like, this makes me sad. And then I want to be able to have a conversation with myself and say, why is this making me sad? What do I need to provide or seek out or fulfill on my own in order to feel that or at least start to ask other people to be a part of in order to do that? And I think sometimes, I think for me, that's important for me. I don't want to put it out for anybody else. But like for a really long time, not having a romantic partner made me really sad because I thought that that was supposed to be my role in life, right? Like if I didn't Mm -hmm. have a boyfriend or like if I was with somebody who was making me unhappy, like the idea of breaking up with them, the juxtaposition, I'm country as hell, y'all, so sorry, (laughs) of that would be I would be alone. And I don't want to be afraid of that. And if I am afraid, I want to be able to face it and ask myself why. Like, I can date. I don't have, like, and there's lots of intersectionalities here when it comes to dating, which is something really important. Like, again, like, I am a plus-size Black woman, brown-skinned woman, and that has shaped a lot of my dating life throughout, whether you consider that, like, internal, external control factors, but, like... I want to be able to approach all of those things and say, like, this is who I am ultimately. And if romance looks different for me or is not going to fit the regular mold that it has fit other people, then like what's necessarily wrong with that? Like, I Mm -hmm. obviously I want to be in love. I want to like do all the gross stuff. I want to have montages on Instagram of me and my nigga. Where do y'all tend to go? Like Greece or Bahamas or some shit like that. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I want to do that, but I also, I would rather do it fully happy. And if I got to be 40 <laughs> and that be it, then like find somebody to fill a gap and they just are just like a position filled. And then we sitting here taking pictures and we hate each other on the other side. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah that does. That does make sense. You know, because I know so many people who stay in relationships or they get married very young because they think that's the right thing to do. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. But they're not happy or they're they don't know themselves well enough to like then later on they're getting divorced or they're unhappy in a relationship 
and there's so much work to be done, but they don't know where to start. And I try to look at it as a blessing that I have been through some of the hardships I have when it comes to dating romantically. And I have recognized some of the areas that I have to say, I want to work on these. So then when the love of my life shows up, I can at least be like, these are the things that trigger me. And I get really annoyed in the morning. And, you know, I just, you know, I don't necessarily like, like this particular thing, but I want to work on these things. And we can do that work together versus thinking like, I have to be perfect. Because I think that's always been my thing. I've always been worried about being perfect for somebody. And it's because I get really uncomfortable being imperfect for myself. And so then I go like, oh, I have to be perfect girlfriend. I have to be selfless. I have to make somebody, you know, feel like they're the king of the world and they don't do the same for me. And now there's this big gap between who I am and this person I'm trying to pretend to be. And I just, you know, I don't want to do that. That's, it's tiring. It's so tiring to be like that. (laughs) It's so tiring. I don't know if people have experienced that, but like where you're trying to like pretend like you aren't like a regular, regular girl, like, you know, like one of the things like, Taking poops in the same like place where <laughs> is. and I know it sounds stupid, but I know like girls do like make it a big deal. Like, do you shit in the same hotel room? Do you go downstairs? Like, those are things you gotta get over. Yeah, because oh, you yeah. can't hold Most your shit. Nope, you can't hold Let your shits for twenty years with the Let nigga, right? How you, you making fart, it to you gotta, your, you your fiftieth anniversary if you ain't never taking a shit? In the same room as that nigga. It's a silly thing, but it's a thing if you're not really willing to talk about, then how do you even get, if you can't get past taking a shit, how you gonna get past a nigga cheating on you? Or like a, a child who may be like struggling with something. Or you've changed as a person and you need to ask your partner to like adjust how they approach certain things. Like, how do you get past that? You lose your job. You ain't been able to take a shit with the nigga. How you going to tell him you lost your job? Or you got fired? Or you want to quit? Right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just think about that. Those are things I think about. I feel like I answered a lot of questions. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm out of bed. No, you're fine. Because I was about to I have one more question, but I'm going to wait. No, I'll wait. I'll wait. Go ahead. Okay. What are your questions? Okay. So here's a good question. Now you damn near a whole wife, you know, mm-hmm. with three kids and a dog. That's what I say. <laughs> now with kids. <laughs> so we going to ask what we always bother Sierra about. What's your prayer, sis? What did you ask the Lord? God, what day did you ask? Is he less oh, busy on prayer. Wednesdays versus Thursdays? What's your prayer? What you ask the Lord? <laughs> That's a good question. And to be honest, so like, oh, man. That's that's something. I feel like I was always that girl that didn't think I would settle down for real, for real. Cause I, I just you know I love I love men. So you was very much a so, single nigga in this economy. Oh no! Uh, in in, in this, this economy. economy. Oh, no, <laughs> we have options. No. Oh, so many, so many different states I have not been to yet. But um, <laughs> jokes aside, but to be honest, I think because okay, when I really think about it, 
I think there was one relationship that I had in college that kind of really broke me. Like it broke me to my core because mm-hmm. uh, in the past with any of the relationships that I was in, they weren't relationships that I really fought for. Like if they ended, they ended. Like I wasn't going to yeah. go back to you. I wasn't going to go figure out why we ended. Like, all right, bye. <laughs> it is what it is. But there was yep. one relationship that did break me in college and it broke me to my core where I really did not see any value within myself because of that. So I do remember writing a list down and I don't remember the date, but I'm going to say probably like junior year of college. Mm-hmm. I wrote down a list of like, these are the qualities that I want in my future spouse. Like I don't want to have to go through such a heartache again mm-hmm. because I am not like staying within this like list yeah. of things that I want within a man. Now, uh, to me, not, you know, as an adult, as I've grown up, I kind of think that kind of may be problematic, but you know, whatever. Yeah. We can delve into that a little bit deeper later on. But I did create that list in junior year. So junior year, I had a list that I had and I still have it. Now I go back to it and I'd mm-hmm. be looking like, does my current dude have this? I don't You be looking. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, huh. You need to, one day you need to walk around with that list and just follow him around. No, like- no. It's funny because like when he and I first got together, I read the list to him because I was just like, because before we even like started dating, I was like, we were friends before. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is what I want in like my husband. Like I told him, I was like, I need him to do this. I need him to be tall. I need him to be this. I needed to play this instrument. Like I had all of that down. So like I told him that. And it's funny because like, and I don't know if he remembered this, but when we had that conversation, he was checking himself off. He was like, okay, I have that. I have that. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I can see him being like, yeah. 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 He was Check like, huh, yeah, okay. I yeah. have that. I have that. I don't have, like, like there's only name. one thing. There's one thing on that list that he doesn't have, and which is play the saxophone. Because, ooh, I love me. I love me. Oh, it's okay. Sam, if you listen it, I play sax. We can get lessons together. I got you. I got you, nigga. Let's go. Okay, I got you. <laughs> if Wait he actually day, take that up, it. then he would literally check up all, all the things it's in the okay. box. It's okay. I but got that's you, the, Sam. The, Let's go. We play high cross buns on the sex, baby. Let's go. <laughs> that's the one thing on my list that he actually doesn't have. But I did create that list in high, no, sorry, in junior year of college out of another relationship that, that mm-hmm. didn't pan out. So as I moved you know, along, you know, past that relationship, I was very intentional with my future relationship. So like before, like after that, I don't think I dated anybody after that relationship. I really had to work on myself after that one. So after that, I didn't really date anybody. And then, you know, current dude came around and we had formed this bond that really taught me unconditional love. Because I feel like before the way I dated was more like conditional love. And I feel like that's a conversation mm-hmm. that we don't really have to say what truly is unconditional love. And I'm still working on it because I feel like I do have yeah. parameters within my unconditional love, which then makes it a conditional love. Because <laughs> I'm like, if you cheat on me. But I think that's fair. I think as humans, it's okay to have like unconditional love can sometimes be very overwhelming, right? Like, yes, the idea that whatever we go through, we're going to make it through. And in reality, that's not true. There are things that make us so uncomfortable that this can no longer hold true. Like we can no longer be bonded. But I think if you are willing to acknowledge what those things are, like cheating is a big Mm -hmm. thing that, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable with. 
But also there are people who are very, look, you cheat on me. We can work through it, but you're going to have to do certain things. Not saying either one is bad or good or anything like that. But I think again, it's fair to say that. Because like, right, and, and, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, finish, finish, finish that no, last thought. I was just thinking, like, because one of my for real situations or parameters is like financial hardship, and not like you lost your job and all that kind of stuff, but like you not being able to take care of yourself financially, because. Mm-hmm. And I can root it all the way back to the reasoning why, but those are the things that I know that trigger me and make me uncomfortable because like I'm very big on security within my relationship. And like I can say that today and I can relay that to the person that I love because I, again, have gone through the hardships and been able to be like, this is what triggers me. And like it, love it, hate it, you're going to be with me know that I'm not going to sit here and accept something below this bar, <laughs> right? Right. So. I agree with that. And and I think this is where I battle with myself because like this, mm-hmm. this current relationship, it is different from my other relationship. It's a different kind of dude. And mm-hmm. sorry, baby, if you listen to this, but not the dude that I would have gone for maybe like when I was in high school or whatever. Because... Uh, you know she liked them thugs, but it's okay we she's a Haley of this Chloe and Haley situation but it's okay because we've grown it's and he a little thuggish when you want I don't don't, know don't put that on him it's okay I'm gonna boost you up Sam it's cool we're gonna have a thuggish uh saxophone player it's big but like he's a different kind of guy which is the guy that I do need in my life and our relationship was built on a different kind of foundation which is the foundation that I wanted in the first place but I'm working on myself to identify what does unconditional love mean mm-hmm. for me in this relationship. Because one of my things is if you cheat on me, for me, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Only because people say, oh, you know, you can forgive and do that. But I feel like for me, I can't, I don't, I can say I forgive, but I don't think I truly will. I feel like knowing who I am, it would be something consistent. And I would be yeah. that person that's checking your phone, trying to figure out where you at, what you doing. Because yeah. in my in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is going to happen. So why punish yourself? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, I'm trying to figure out what does unconditional love look like? Is this a love where, you know, you can you can have certain situations happen, but yeah. still want to work it through with this person? Yeah compared to just saying no that's it i'm just gonna walk away from this and there's certain things like for example like if you hit me conditional unconditional be out it, like well it don't matter we're not we're not found. that's look, okay we're not doing abuse on this we yeah. do not support that but you know things that are not like abusive whether it be emotionally yeah. or physically but for all those other factors of like financial you know financial yeah. responsibility or like cheating or any of that other stuff trying to figure out what does that unconditional love yeah. look like? Because I think I know for him, because he and I have had conversations about this to figure out like, hey, what would be your breaking point? And like, I understand what that is for him and he understands what that is for me. But now I'm also in that space of thinking as we go into marriage, if any of these situations do happen, are we going to stick it out? Yeah. Or do I have a condition that says I cannot love you past this point? Yeah. I don't know that answer. I'm still working progress. We need to go to marriage counseling. But I don't know that answer. But I think in my current adulthood stage, that is what I'm working on now yeah. to identify. Can I love you past a certain thing? Yeah. 
I think that's and then fair. if I can't, is it worth moving forward, even though that may not have happened so far? I think that's really fair. And I think for me, the thing that I've had to, again, the thing that I'm working towards and trying to heal is like finding my boundaries, finding my triggers, and being able to relay those to somebody and still feel safe. Like safety Mm. for me will always be a number one factor in like how I can show my love. Because I think I have been in relationships where I've never been abused in a situation, but I've always felt like I don't feel emotionally safe. Like I've always had to put up my guards. And so those are things that I am now looking for in like a long-term love or a true love or whatever the case may be. Cause I'm still, I'm also like kind of redefining my concept of love and lots of philosophical things going into that. And what does that look like for me? And does it look traditional or not? But whatever the case may be, at least for romantic love, those are things that I, if anything, I want to have valued for myself, but also for my partner and understand like how important that is for me. And I'm teaching myself, like, if I don't feel safe, whether it be particularly emotionally safe, like, that I can't be myself, that I can't show up 100% the way through, then I know that I can't be in a relationship long term. And that, again, Mm -hmm. is something that I was willing to put to the side and transform myself to be this ideal And so that's really for me. And that's part of those parameters within my unconditional love. Because if I love you, you know, I love you down. Like, I'm going to war. But if I don't feel safe, like, I can't afford to do that for you. Like, why should you have access to that level of that version of love for me if you can't give it back? And Mm. so that's what I'm reteaching myself. So those are things like... Those are really important for me. And I wouldn't have been able to find that out if I hadn't gone through the hell that I have. And I'm like, I'm here. And there are days that I did not think I was like, oh, Lord, I'm not going to make it. Like, this is hard. I mean, just like you were talking about. You were, we've all had that. Yeah. You we've, were in a relationship. Had, I feel like everybody that broke had that you. story. Yep. Yeah. yeah every, I think a lot of people have had that story about like a relationship that really transformed how they looked at relationships and themselves all together and so like I had one of those that made me like sit in my bedroom with the lights off and say let me pray that I am here tomorrow (laughs) we just trying to get (laughs) to the next day and and it really just highlighted like how I want to again I want to be myself in all of my relationships yeah but particularly my romantic relationships and I want to have someone feel like they can be themselves. Right. I want us to be whole. Yeah. And I just, if I'm just now figuring that stuff out about myself, I just can't imagine being a romantic relationship, like a long-term romantic relationship now. Not that I'm not willing to date. So again, I put the call out. If you are wanting to sponsor, (laughs) feel free (laughs) to let me know. Because I love dates. I think they're cute. I love a good day. (laughs) (laughs) So wait now, let me ask you this last question. Mm -hmm. Do you think that fairy tale movies morphed 
your idea of what a relationship should look like and all of that good stuff? No, because all of them were white people. I know that sounds very bad, but I could never identify with a, a Cinderella relationship when I never looked like her. <laughs> hey, that's right. I mean, I'm just being very honest. Like, it was a very cute story. It's a very, like, lovey-dovey story. Even the Princess and the Frog story, I hate it. And even though that came out, like, when I was well into closer to adulthood. <laughs> But still, even those kind of stories, those stories never felt real to me because I've never been like that. I think, you know what? I'm going to reverse that and say, you know what probably influenced my warped idea of relationships? Mm -hmm. Social media and like all of the hip hop relationships that we see. I think a lot of times Mm. we sit around and we idolize a lot of the relationships that we say, like even the Will and and Jada thing that has come up, like think about all of the people who have written songs centered around like their love and how they've transformed. And we have the Red Table Talk because of how transformative or glorious they have talked about just like the hardships and all that kind of stuff. But then like, I think the reason why Will and Jada, this whole kerfuffle with August Alsina and all that type of stuff was such a big deal is because we had this like warped idea of what hard looked like for them. We thought that Mm. hard for them was just like, well, I don't like Will going to California to film all the time. And that's hard for me. And let me go sit in a corner and pray. I think a lot of people thought that was um hard and then they didn't Mm -hmm. realize like people that we idolize cheat people that we idolize don't do right by their partners people that like relationships that we idolize are difficult and scary sometimes and really hard like i think some of the relationships that i've idolized in my personal life when i was younger as i've grown up and like see them work, it made me go, oh, like y'all were actually crazy and had a lot more problematic things going on than I as a child realized. And, you know, now that I see as an adult, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. This wasn't a good thing. This was actually a really bad thing. Right. And this person wasn't perfect. What about you? I feel like for me, even though they didn't look like me for me i do think that those like fairy tale movies whatever did create a warped sense of Mm -hmm. like relationships for me in my head and that's something that through my current relationship i have definitely worked through because he is quick to let me know like bruh (laughs) let me not say i've worked through i'm still working through it because he is definitely quick to let me know like you know that's just a fairy tale like that's like humans here but that did warp it because of just my background of not having a good relationship to look up to. So when you don't have that in your surrounding or like around you in close proximity, Mm -hmm. what you see on TV and in these cartoons or whatever is what you then imagine, oh, this is probably what this should look like instead of what I currently see, you know, now in my household. So that then warped that reality for me because then it's I'm sitting here like, okay, so I guess in the future I should look for a dude that does this and does Mm -hmm. that and pays for this and opens my doors and Mm -hmm. does all of these other things. And if they don't have this, 
then I do not have this fairy tale life that Disney Channel yeah. <laughs> is telling me that I should have. And that for, I think for me for the longest time was really how I looked at relationship and how I saw yeah. them a little bit more disposable, you know, than anything. Cause I was like, well, you know, you're not like that. So, you know, bye. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, which, which who can be my Prince Charming, who can be, you know, the person that kisses me awake and, and all of that good stuff. But then really learning as I'm growing up that that is not reality and people are imperfect and there isn't anybody that is perfect. So these things that they teach you, you know, in this fairy tale, like what you pick up from it, that is not a realistic view of life. And then again, yeah. these movies also have problematic things going Very. on. <laughs> <laughs> but as a child, you don't know that. You just sitting there you like, know. I mean, she got the exactly. dress, she looked beautiful, so that, you know, whatever. But I know for me, that really warped it. But I also think that had to do with just my surroundings and not seeing anything that reflected a good relationship. So as a child, you then pick that up from other resources. And those resources, uh, you know, were not the best resources for me. So I've definitely done the work and I'm still doing the work. It's like a current, it's an active reminder of like, you know, you have to remind yourself of like, well, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Like you got to remind yourself of that. And I do think that for some people, that is a thing that we go through when you don't have these ideal relationships around you or in your community, you do go find that somewhere else. And that may not be the best picture of it. And I think it's interesting you bring that up because both of us have similar backgrounds in terms of like what the house ended up looking like, right? Especially like as we were dating. And so it's interesting because you turned to fairy tales and I fixated on the relationships themselves. So there were, again, I've grown from this, but I remember with my first boyfriend, we had been fighting and we had made up and we were talking. And I remember telling him like, I just think that if we're not, like fighting then like how are we growing and I remember Mm. saying that and again today I would never want to feel that way right but I was so used to seeing turbulent relationships like I was so used to seeing arguments being the norm as part of the relationships that I thought that that was considered normal And so, like, again, that was very influential in how I thought relationships should be and not really having conversations with others and saying, like, no, it doesn't have to be like that, right? Like, you don't have to be in arguments all the time or always, like, being mad at each other. Like, a healthy relationship is one where even if you have an argument, you guys are able to calmly have a conversation and right. be able to discuss your feelings in a way that you're honoring each other's emotions, right? But I never thought about that. So like fairy tales never felt realistic to me because I was just mm. like, I've never seen anybody come and save the princess. And take care of her and dress her up from rags to riches. Like, I've never seen that. So, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I definitely know people are always, like, arguing. And that's realistic to me. 
So that's really interesting. I think a lot about the intersectionalities of how yeah those things are uh influence how we went into our relationship. Yeah, it does. Because then at the end of the day, you're sitting here like, well, I can, I see this picture, I, and yep. I don't want it to be that. But like Cinderella looks happy, so I yep. do want that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is what that should look like. Yeah. That was from and, a child life mentality. Yeah, that was where that was coming. And from. that's super, super duper fair. And and you know what? And I think about it. I don't like romance. I get uncomfortable with like romantic movies and romantic comedies because of it. Mm, like I'm picking that yeah. up now that I'm thinking about it. Like I think romantic comedies are like the worst things in the world because I've never seen where like two people fall in love and there are like obstacles in the way. And at the end of the day, the guy and the girl get together and make out in the middle of, I don't know, New York Times Square. I've never (laughs) seen that ever happen in my life. So I'm like, oh, this is so cheesy and gross. Like I do not want to participate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. But I mean, let me just tell you this before we kind of like close up this episode. But what I can say is, When you do find a love, and I think you will, I think you will find that love. But when you do find that love, just enjoy and definitely enjoy the moment of it. Because I think that's one thing that I've definitely learned in my relationship is to enjoy the moments that we have together. Because those are very, you know, valid and and valued ones. Because I'm, you know me, I'm not a post on Instagram. You might see this man on my page one time. Sam is a ghost. I swear, my friends here did not think he existed. I'd be like, no, he exists. He's here. He's here. He exists. He's around. I've seen him. He, he exists. Look. He just... I mean, okay, actually, there are only two photos of him on my Instagram. The engagement one. Because <laughs> I figured I couldn't just post myself. Oh, my God. But it really is. Because I've been looking at people. I'm like, why are you posting your relationship so much? Like, keep that to yourself. Because you don't want people coming in and giving you and warping your mindset. But I do think you will find it. So uh, when you do, definitely cherish it because, you know, yeah. I don't know if you and believe in soulmates, but, you know, you never know. I weirdly enough do. I just don't think that it's as simple as like what we think. Like, I definitely feel like this is a whole nother thing. I definitely feel like my soulmates have been more of my friends than they are have been like people romantically. Like, I think. Like mm. you and Brian and a couple of my other friends. I've never met people who fit me like a glove like you guys do, right? And so my concept of soulmates is a little bit broader than most people. Yeah. And I definitely think that there is somebody out there who does fit me in that way romantically. I like to think that we're both working on ourselves to meet each other and be able to tell stories. Like in my dream of dreams, in sort of my virtual writing down of my list of amazing qualities, I am very, I'm a big daydreamer. So in my dream of dreams, the love of my life is doing crazy, amazing, crazy, weird things. So then like one day we're going to meet and we're going to be at a park and we're just going to be like talking. And then he's going to be like, well, you know, one day I actually like, you know, I don't know, did something weird. I had to pee really bad and I was on the Great Wall of China. So I just peed on the Great Wall. I'm like, oh my God, I was there one day and, nice. I, and I didn't pee on the Great Wall. But like, I know people do that. And then we're just sitting there talking for hours. And that is how we eventually like find each other. I totally believe that that is what's going to happen. And so that's again, that's why it's uncomfortable sometimes is the idea of like, 
romantic things showing up later in life, perhaps, maybe not saying that that is going to happen. But if it does, in my head, I validate it because I know like the person that I'm going to fall madly in love with is somebody who is building up amazing qualities and things for us to sit at night and talk about till, you know, our phones die or or we fall asleep or whatever the case may be. So I think about that and it lets me sleep well at night. Uh, but you know, anyway, that's what okay. I think. Yeah. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed us just rambling and just talking there's about our so experience. There's so much you can talk about this. Man, there's so much. We'll probably, I mean, I feel like for any all these episodes that we're having, I feel like I'm just thinking about like the part two. Part two, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But and bringing for, in people, but yeah. Oh yeah, I think that'd be really fun. But honestly, for you all, our listeners, you know, let us know your dating experiences. Have they been good? Have they been bad? Have they been blessings? Do you have any funny uh, story times that you would like to share with us? Mm-hmm. We can definitely read it in one of our next episodes if you want to share that. But I do think it's always fun to like kind of like revisit this and see yeah. the growth that you've gone through. Of like, okay, well, these are the kind of people I was dating in high school and this is what happened. And into like current state of like, you know, did you change your dating style and how has technology kind of impacted how you mm-hmm. kind of, you know, move with dating? It's such an interesting and, you know, detailed conversation so i hope you guys join us you can definitely join us on our social media platforms or send us an email and we can read it out loud on air Uh yes please do let us know anything and everything and we would love to have you guys join the conversation so super excited to have this conversation and if you want to continue it join in okay so we're going to go to uh what we're going to call is our joy bringer. So we're going to highlight one thing this week. We're going to end our podcast this week on something, one thing that brought us joy and just try to really just take that same energy of the thing that brought us joy and carry it into the new week so that we can enjoy it or remind ourselves or find, you know, if we're having a bad day, we can go back to that moment. So Val, do you have one joy bringer that you had i do i do want to say if you have not watched it black is king <laughs> gang gang that was a joy bringer it mm-hmm. was but i want to be very specific to say disney plus was a joy bringer only oh, because yes. it brought joy to my family so i am the one in my family that pays for all the subscriptions and then my family mooches <laughs> on me so yesterday I got Disney Plus and my mom is now able to watch like her shows like Hamilton and Lion King and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. My sister now has access so she can watch Recess and all of that stuff. So we were literally all on a FaceTime call yesterday, just so excited to like to, you know, watch Disney Plus and see all of those like nostalgic movies that like me and my sister grew up on. And then like shows that my mom has always wanted to watch, but may have missed in the movies. So that brought me a lot of joy to like see them happy. And then my mom literally is even texting me today like, oh, this is what I'm watching now. This is what I'm watching now. I'm like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> what, if, what if I brought it to this household? You don't have I, to I was tell like, me you, you, you do watch. not have to give me a rundown. Like, I can see you it don't. because, like, it's my account. But yeah. <laughs> but that truly brought me joy because, like, they were really excited and joyous. And then, like, me and my sister kind of mm-hmm. went through this, like, nostalgic phase of, like, yo, remember when mama left us at home and we were watching this? 
That was a good show. That was a good show. That's so, so great. That's I got right. Disney Plus too. So I'm super excited about watching all the things. I watch all of the Pirates of Caribbean, Caribbean. They yeah. Caribbean. Eh. Okay, Caribbean. Thank you. <laughs> so I watch all of them, all four of them, which are long as hell. Oh, I, but they're so good though. They're good. They're so good. And I'm triggered by them because I was in band when I was in middle school and I had to learn the song. And mm. on the saxophone, on the saxophone, Sam, I got you. <laughs> anyway, my joy bringer this week, as I had mentioned on the top of the hour this week, whooped my ass and stole my money and, you know, took the wallet too. So it really just like kicked <laughs> my ass. But yesterday was my grandmother's 80th birthday. And I'm so blessed to have a very just active grandmother in my life for one thing, but for her to make it to her 80th year on this earth, is just, it brings me a lot of joy for that. But what really brought me a lot of joy is like, we did all of these things for my grandmother to celebrate her 80th birthday. And uh, fortunately we were able to do it all like social distancing, you know, because COVID is still out here acting crazy. So we put happy birthday on her uh, lawn. We did it in those big signs. And we, you know, we just made sure she had all of these presents. And then my grandfather set up a birthday parade, uh, you know, those car birthday parades in front of her house. And not only did he get her friends to come join the birthday parade, but he got the police and the firefighters to do a parade escort. So they escorted us in the front of it. A whole fire truck came out and like sounded the alarms in this quiet little neighborhood in Mississippi. (laughs) All the neighbors came out and all of her friends, like I'm thinking it was going to be like three or four friends. It literally was like at least 10 cars deep and they all had gifts. And they all had all these type of things. And at the end of it, you know, we social distanced with my grandparents there, but we made sure like to show her all her gifts. And like, my grandmother is not a crier. I am the crier in the family. My grandmother and my mother are not criers. And like my grandmother started to cry because she was just so Mm. overwhelmed with joy from the things that brought us. And again, I just, I know I'm so privileged to have her in my life. And as much as she, you know, tap dances on my nerves, just like the rest of the women in this family, I just, I'm blessed for the opportunity for her to do that. And so I just make her day and just see her made me cry and made my mom cry. And we were just very like, just emotional as family. And then we ate spaghetti. So, and fried rice. Cause that was her gift. I was going to say with some fish. No, but my mama bought her fried rice. Cause she loved fried rice. I, I just, I, mean, I don't know. Doesn't. Fried rice with three packets of duck sauce. I was very, I was like, ma'am, it's soup now. Please stop. (laughs) (laughs) But that brought me so much joy after a really hard week. And just like, it really lifted my spirit. So like, happy birthday, grandma. Even though I will never let you hear any of these episodes. Nope. (laughs) Never. But I'm so thankful for that. And so thankful for that opportunity. So that brought me joy. Anything else, Val? No, I think that's it. Thank you all for, I feel like this is going to be a long episode, but thank you all for like sticking in with us. And to all our listeners, we like, we so, so love you and like appreciate your support. 
So, you know, hey, if you guys want to leave us some feedback, leave us some comments, let us know where y'all are listening from. And, you know, we'll be talking to you in like two weeks because that's our schedule Yay. and we're sticking to it. <laughs> we are. Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate your listens and your love. And please let us know the things that you're wanting to hear more of, the things that you would love to participate in. We would love to give those content to you. So follow us again at those social media sites that we had said at the top of the hour and email us at regulardegularpod at gmail.com. If you want to join in on the conversation and just, you know, have a great blessed week stay safe and you know just love on anybody and everybody that you can right now okay have a good day bye